0: It's Sunday morning and we are in a study on false teachers. Now I have been I've had people complain about me running down preachers. If they lie, I'm gonna tell the truth on them. And nearly every preacher out here, the Baptist are not telling the truth. You say, how can you say that about all of them? I know what their stand is, and I know what they preach. If they preach what we preach, they're going to be ostracized from their community and from their Baptist associations and conventions. You cannot preach. Christmas is pagan. Christmas is my Christ mass. It's Roman Catholicism without people getting upset. You cannot preach. God does not love everybody. He only loved his wife, the church, and died for her without people getting all bent out of shape. That's a idiom, bent. Uh, then uh, you cannot preach that the believer has to be hated by the world. The Bible says that uh, several times in the New Testament. You have to be hated to go to heaven. You can't preach predestination that God doesn't love everybody, only loves a few. And you can't preach the truth about about our American history, which is a lie. Most of it's a lie. Most of the founding fathers of American history were heathens, including George Washington, Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson. They were all pagans. Those three particularly were deist. When I say deist, this is the way you spell deist. D-I-E-S-T. uh, The word deist comes from D-I-E-T-Y, and that means a god. A god. That's what a deity is. And they believe that there was a god out there that spun everything into orbit and walked away. The world has redefined everything. They've redefined the Bible. Let me give you, Mary found an old... uh, she found an old uh, track somebody had given her, and it just hit me real hard. It's this right here. I'm going to give everybody a copy if you'd like one. The This world has redefined the word love. Warning. Here's what they've redefined love as. It is. It now means acceptance of all false religions. That way you love everybody. Tolerance of all sinful behavior. Don't judge. Tolerance of false doctrines. Refusal to rebuke and expose anyone. Never offend anyone with the truth. Now, how's that for a definition? Now, let me give you the definition. Uh, Won't you pass these out to everybody? Give everybody one and uh, hang that up on your refrigerator because the real word love and they've redefined it to mean all of this just accept anybody's doctrine if you really love them you got two words for love you have the word agape and phileo now most people think they know what agape is and you'll hear preachers baptist preachers say agape is a godly kind of love no you're way off base it is but it means more than that it doesn't mean just god loving us it means us loving god when god writes upon fleshy tables of our heart he gives us agape but not phileo phileo is something you have to earn phileo means affection. It means to like something or somebody. We get the word philos from that, or philia, p h i l i a r p h i l o s. These are all derivatives of that, and it means affection of some kind. Philos is the word friend. And Jesus said, you are my friends if you do the things that I command you, if you do what I say there in John 15, if you do what I command, this word agape has to do with doing the commandments of God. Phileo is absolutely conditional on whether you agape God and His commandments. Agape was a relationship. Relationship between a king and his subjects it's between a father and his family father and family the father or the king would give his subjects laws to walk in and they would learn to willingly walk in his law in his laws that's why Second John 6 gives you the best definition in the world for agape. I've never heard anybody quote this but myself. This is love. This is agape. Agape. Or you can say, if I say this is, you can say agape equals. This is love that we walk after his commandments. That's what love is. It's walking in the commandments of God. You say, but I can't keep all the Ten Commandments. Well, I know that. Neither can anybody else. But God's, this word keep, keep is the common word, tereo, It means to guard against loss. How can you guard the commandments of God against loss? First of all, they're written on fleshy tables of your heart if you're a believer. And it matters not who says that something doesn't mean what it says. You have to stand and say, that's what the Bible says. I've had people fight me over predestination. A guy was giving every excuse in the world for him one day to me, and I said, that's not what the Bible says. He kept yelling at me, overriding me. I said, that's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say that. The Bible says God loved Jacob and hated Esau before either one were born, before either one had done any good or evil. And he was saying some ridiculous stuff. Well, i think God looked ahead in the future and saw who would accept and who wouldn't. That's right. Nobody will accept God because there's none that seeketh after God. If he doesn't chase you down and put truth in your heart and make you hungry for him, you'll never come to him. Now, I'm talking about the false doctrine of all these churches out here particularly the Baptist churches, because I was raised in a Baptist preacher's home. I was ordained as a Southern Baptist preacher in Charlotte, North Carolina, back in 1967. I started preaching in 1962, a long time ago. Now, we're talking about the false doctrine that's going on. I'm talking about I've gone through the Baptist. I've had gone through everything. The main thing in the Baptist I have resentment against is accept Christ. And that is the doctrine of the Baptist. Let Jesus into your heart. Let Jesus come into your heart. And they'll say, Just pray this sinner's prayer and ask Jesus, to be your savior. Pray prayer of a sinner's prayer. Well, all that is not true. Will you pray to God once you believe? Will you let Jesus come in? You'll never let him in because you don't have any good thing in you. He makes his way in. He chases down his people that he's chosen before the foundation of the world. And he causes them to believe him and he replaces their contrary belief in themselves with a tender, gentle belief in him. It takes a long time for God to do that because you've got an inner man and you've got an outer man. The outer man serves self, Paul said there in, in, in uh, Romans 7. And the inner man is Christ in you and God has to work on you for 30, 40, 50 years to get your attention by beating you with a scourge, he scourges every son he receives. God doesn't just whip you with a peach tree limb. That's not what he does. He beats you half to death. That's what he does. The scourge, that word scourge, he scourges every son he receives. That word receive is the word dekomai over there in the twelfth chapter of in the twelfth chapter of Hebrews. God has to receive you. It comes from deck, meaning ten. That's the word ten in the Greek. A decade is ten years. And God scourges every son he accepts into his kingdom. He has to do the accepting. You can't accept him when you're dead in sin. So he has to, you cannot accept Christ. That word accept, the natural man does not receive. Dekomai means to reach out the ten fingers and accept an offer that's been given. God has to receive you. Will you accept him after he received you? Yes. Will you let Jesus, you'll think it's you letting him in. That's the problem with people. They think, I remember being willing to let God come in and rule my life well you may think that was you doing it if you really are a believer if you really prayed a prayer and in sincerity and you think the prayer saved you it didn't we know that god heareth not sinners if any man be a worshiper of god and doeth his will him he heareth sinners can't pray to a god they don't believe in romans ten fourteen how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed you have to be believing god does anybody here pray you don't have to find a place to get out on your knees do you ever just ride down the road praying to the lord say lord i don't know what to do in this situation you're just talking to him you can talk to the lord he's there he's there everywhere we go so just say lord i don't know what to do help me that's People say, how do I pray? I say, well, one of the best prayers is, Lord, help. (laughs) I don't know what. We know not what to pray for as we ought to pray. We don't know what to ask for, do we? You don't pray for things and stuff. That's why we're talking about the charismatic doctrine. The charismatics. Well, before I get further into that, people don't want you talking about the real truth about anything what that does it upsets their apple cart and turns their feather bed upside down they don't want you coming over and taking the truth like a bucket of honey and throwing it into their feather bed and saying that lay down and sleep in that and that's exactly what the truth will do to your comfort zone it will mess it up that's why a lot of people can't come now i'm going to read something to you they don't even want the truth about our history here's a book written by richard Schenkman. he was a researcher for the library of congress you can get this book by ordering it through barnes and noble books a million walden books he's a very famous historian he used to be on larry king's show all the time and larry didn't ever read a book by his guest, because he wanted spontaneity. Well, if you ever had to ask Mr. Schenkman some of the hard questions, he may not like the answers. I'm going to read a little bit about a man that we all know. His name was George Washington. I'll tell you what kind of man he was. He was very devious, very underhanded, and he was anything but a Christian. It's in this book called Presidential Ambition. He goes through all the presidents, and he lays them low. See, people don't want the truth about hardly anything. Listen to this. As a young man, there was certain crashness about George that was almost palpable. It was almost acceptable. He was very crash, very hard. Though he was born aristocrat, he was very much a man on the make. Land was everything in Washington's youth, the symbol of wealth and prestige. He had set out to acquire as much of it as he could. Through inheritance, he received Mount Vernon and about 2,000 acres. But that hadn't come nearly close to satisfying his appetite. He didn't want just a lot of land he wanted more land than anybody else which was apparently the prime factor in his decision to court martha she wasn't very good looking she was even though youthful neither particularly pretty nor particularly socially adept he married her for her money and washington didn't love her not Not at first, anyway, as he admitted in a letter at the time of his engagement, he was actually in love with Sally Fairfax, his best friend's wife. That's our founding father, the father of our country. You have drawn me, he wrote Sally, into a, that's very common that he loved Sally Fairfax, knowledge among all the historians, into an honest confession of simple fact. But but keep it a secret. The world has no business to know the object of my love is you and not Martha. Declared in his manner to you when I want to conceal it. But Martha was not without her attractions one of the richest widows in North America. That's very attractive. (laughs) She possessed thousands of acres of land and he wanted it. Under the laws, then in effect, her land became his upon marriage, instantly turning Washington into one of the richest men in America. Though Martha received a hundred slaves, another 6,000 acres, and enough money to buy thousands and thousands of acres more, not even all that was enough to satisfy George Washington. 1767, eight years after his marriage, he made a grab for land expressly set aside for the Indians. But they said the Indians didn't have souls and they couldn't own the land so they could possess any of it. They wanted to, wanted to stake out and wanted to set up by uh, surveying it off to themselves. George Washington was a surveyor. It happened to be illegal under laws promulgated by the crown. Washington didn't care. He told his surveyor to keep this whole matter a profound secret. He was sneaking under him. That's our, That's the father of our country. If anybody asked the surveyor what he was up to, Washington instructed the surveyor was to lie. Did George Washington lie? through his teeth over the next few years he was to acquire another 20,000 acres from the British government in return for his service as a colonel in the Virginia militia he wasn't even entitled to the land in fact when he had signed up the government had made it clear that the property was supposed to go to the soldiers not the officers he didn't care But Washington had dexterously arranged for the officers to receive land too. As the leader of his regiment, Washington had the responsibility of deciding who received which parcels 200,000 acres of land were to be handed out. Washington saw to it that he received the best, the cream of the county country, as he subsequently boasted enough said. Just in case you didn't know, our founding fathers were not Christians. Now, it seems that America doesn't want to know anything about the truth. You tell them the truth about American history, tell them that Francis Scott Key, who wrote the Star Spangled Banner, he wrote it during the War of 1812. He wrote it and the tune was set to a beer-drinking song, a pub song, in England. And he was not he was not patriotic towards America. He said he thought we should lose the war because we were attacking English ships that were shipping goods to our enemies, so we attacked them, and that's how the War of 1812 came about. It was a ridiculous war, and we started it. He said, America should lose that. When he said, oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light, you couldn't see the American flag where it was hanging out, supposed to have been hanging out on a top of a fort, McHenry, which was several miles off the coast of the Carolinas. And you couldn't see it. Uh, Mr. Shankman said they probably had a battle flag up there, but they didn't have the Star Spangled Banner up there. These stories go on and on. That comes out of a book called, I Love Paul Revere, Whether He World or Not. Mr. Shankman is one of the most formidable historians that lives in America. You want to know something about the truth? Get some books by Richard Schenkman, S-H-E-N-K-M-A-N. You can go to Barnes & Noble and order them. He was a researcher for the Library of Congress, graduate of Harvard, re- highly respected. And the, he'll tell you the things about our history that we've been told are not true. And that he'll tell you that, that uh, Matthew Henry did not matthew henry i'll get it right patrick henry <laughs> matthew henry was a scholar uh patrick henry did not say give me liberty or give me death that's something one of his publicists wrote and put in a publication nathan Hale did not say i regret that i have but one life to give for my country i remember studying that in american history he didn't say it it's just like we've been sold a bill of goods we're still being sold a bill of goods And the preachers are selling a bill of goods from these pulpits. They're not going by the Bible. I've got so many more things to say about our people in history. Some of it is Betsy Ross did not make the first American flag. She was given credit, but she didn't. One of her grandsons went around telling everybody she did it, so they put it in history books, and she didn't. We're saying all these things, we're saying things that comforts people and giving them an easy gospel and that's why i'm preaching about these guys these charismatics i don't like what the baptists are saying i am preaching baptist doctrine from 1850 that's what i'm preaching the baptists knew that christmas was paganism they knew that predestination was true and they published articles about that and the london baptist confession of 1689 preaches predestination all the way through it now the baptists aren't baptists they're a bunch of free will people now i gave you some of you this paper i gave you do you still have your paper what i'm going to do is go through some more of these things and what a, I'm trying to tell you the reason the charismatics are preaching this prosperity gospel they're preaching to you that you have to that you have to uh, that you have to give to them they'll they'll preach something like third John 2 I wish above all things John tells guys that them as prosper and be in health even as I soul prospers, if you send your money to Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Well, that's what they had to put in there. They said the only way you can prosper, which is not our word prosper, it's the word you hodos. It means well way. You I'll get it in a minute. You hodos. Which means well way. The only way you can have the well way, except they translated prosper. They say the only way you can have prosperity, the prosperity gospel, or the name it and claiming it and say it and speak it with your mouth, that is a bunch of lies that's going on with Kenneth Copeland, Jesse Duplantis, Creflo Dollar, T.D. Jakes, they're all, Joyce Meyer, and the list goes on and on, and every one of them agree with each other, and they're all lying why are they lying so they can have these gigantic homes and tons of acres kenneth copeland lives in an eighteen thousand square foot house outside of dallas he's got thousands of acres and thousands of cattle and he stole all this from the poor and the needy it's the poor and the needy that's in trouble in america so they take the bible and they wrench it and they twist it the reason they twist it according to According to Second Peter, look at Second Peter. Second Peter, here is their problem. Second Peter three and verse sixteen. As also in all his epistles speaking of Paul, speaking in them, this is Peter referring to Paul, speaking in them of those things in which some things are are hard to be understood the reason they're hard to be understood is because they don't define the words and unstable there which they are unlearned the reason men twist the scripture they're unlearned unlearned is the word a-m-a-t-h-e-s it comes from the word mathetase which is the word disciple and it means a learner. We get our word math from that. If you're gonna take a math subject, you gotta learn the laws of mathematics. You're gonna to have to learn in algebra, you gotta learn the axioms, and axiom is a Greek word, axiom. Axio, A-X-I-O-O is the word worthy. It means what is equitable or what is equal. Equitable. All of algebra has to do with equity. What is equitable? This over here x equals uh, y plus z. There has to be an equality in that, so to have equality you got to go by the laws of of mathematics and to be and unlearned, placing the alpha in front of mathha means no learning. That's what this says. It says they haven't learned anything. They are unlearned and unstable. Asterio, A-S-T-E-R-E-O, or Asterikos, A-S-T-E-R-I-K-O-S comes from Stereo, S-T-E-R-E-O which means stable or founded and the alpha in front of that negates this word. It means no stability. They're not stable. So they rest the word of God as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. These, these, these charismatics, let me tell you what they are. It'll tell you in Second Corinthians, the second chapter. And this is putting it very lightly. But this is what God calls them. Second Corinthians, the second chapter. Second Corinthians, second chapter. All right. Here's what these guys are. Second Corinthians, the second chapter. I'm in mean, First Corinthians. Excuse me. All right. Here it is. In verse 17, for we are not as many which corrupt the word of God. That word corrupt is the word kapeluo, K A P E L E U O. K A P E L E U O. That word corrupt is the word hup stir. A huckster is a man that back in the 30s or 20s, he'd say, step right up for one thin dime. We'll give you this special way to make a fortune. They're hucksters selling Christ for money. And they're trying to convince people by twisting the word of God. It means you can have whatever you say. If you say to this mountain, be thou removed. A mountain was a capital city. There's two capital cities in the Bible. Zion, where God's people live, and Babylon, the mother of all idolatry. And if you'll say to the mountain of Babylon that was founded on self, let us make us a name. Be removed and be thou cast into the sea. Then you can have what you say. But you got to remove self. You can't have what you say because you can start naming things and stuff. And they take that verse in Mark eleven twenty three and wrench it. They're hucksters. Kenneth Copeland is a huckster. I don't like hucksters. They sell God for money. I challenge any of you to go online and look up Kenneth Copeland's house, T.D. Jakes' house, Creflo Dollar's house. They all live in 10-15 million dollar homes. They drive Mercedes and Bentleys. They live high on the hog. And God's going to say to them, depart from you that work in equity, I never you knew you. I do not believe those people are Christians at all. How do you know Christians? Christians take their cross and die daily, don't they? Does that look like death to self? No. Now, you can stay in that same section of Second Corinthians 4 and 2. We have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, panorgia, P-A-N-O-U-R-G-I-A. P-A-N-O-U-R-G-I-A. Panorgia means trickery. They take the word of God Try to make it something that it does not mean so you will send your money to them. Do you know we don't ever ask for money for anybody except the poor. I don't pass a plate. They're offering boxes at at the entrance and the exit of the church. You can give if you want to. That's between you and God. I don't believe in... I don't believe in invitation hymns. We don't invite anybody to accept Christ. We don't invite anybody to let Jesus come into their heart. If you are a predestinated elect of God, you will believe. If you're not, you won't. It's that simple. Everybody here was either a vessel of wrath before the foundation of the world or a vessel of mercy. And if you're a vessel of wrath, you don't have any hope. I wouldn't even listen to a man like me talk to you and put you down. I wouldn't even listen to that. Now, he goes on to say, We renounce the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth and mending ourselves, and commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. He's saying, we don't corrupt the Word of God. Now, let's get back to this paper I gave you. They say that by faith, you can have anything you want. I've worked my way to increase faith here on this paper. Increase faith. I believe the most dangerous thing to the church today are these people... Who corrupt the Word of God that would be the Charismatics the Baptists, the Pentecostals all of these people I believe they are a disgrace to God now they say faith they say faith will get you anything you want faith and believe are the basically the same word faith I'm talking about the Greek text of the Bible. The New Testament was not written in English. There was no English 2,000 years ago. I have to say that for people who haven't heard me before. The New Testament was written in Greek. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The words don't mean what these preachers are saying. And you can get mad at me for running down. People say you're running down your fellow preachers. They're not my fellow preachers. My brothers and sisters are those who do the will of the Father. They take their cross and die daily. I don't like those guys. I'm not even supposed to like them. Jesus called them children of hell. He said, you compass sea and land, talking to the Pharisees, which are the most religious people of the day, he said, you compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and after they're made, you make them twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. He called them children of hell. They were the most religious men of the day. They were the Baptist preachers of the first century. And the Pentecostals, it seems like the closer we get to the end, the more corrupt the church is getting. Faith and believe are the basic same word. I keep saying this. In the Greek, you have a noun, and you have a verb form of the noun. That's what you've got with faith and believe. Faith is the word P-I-S-T. That's the stem, I-S. P-I-S-T-I-S. Believe is P-I-S-T-E-U-O p-i-s-t is the stem this is the verb this is the noun so if you know what believing god is it's a verb it's what you do he that doeth truth cometh to the light you have to be doing truth you don't get to go to heaven because you're sincere you'll go to hell being sincere there's going to be a lot of sincere people in hell do you not know that it's something you do. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. First John 3 and 4. You have to be doing righteousness. 3 and 7, excuse me. You have to be doing righteousness. It's what you do is what you believe. What you believe is what you do. If you're believing God, you're going to be changing slowly. Now, they the charismatics will tell you get whatever you believe, you have to be believing God. You can't put your opinions in there. Opinions don't mean anything. Cross them out. Well, I feel. Cross out feelings. They don't mean nothing either. What, what matters is whether you believe God and you're wrestling with the flesh. You're not always going to feel like serving God. And that's neither here nor there. It's not whether I feel like it, not what I get up here and preach. I get up here and preach a lot of times when I don't feel good. But I do it anyway because I'm supposed to. You're supposed to be living right, living godly and righteous. Now, the best way to find out what you get by faith is defining it, isn't it? The best definition of faith is found in Hebrews 11 and 1. This is faith's best definition. Hebrews 11 and 1. Well, the Bible says, faith worketh, Hebrews 5 and 6, by love. So faith has to work. E-N-E-R-G-E-O. Energeo. It's a construction of in and ergon. Ergon is the common Greek word toil, or labor. Labor in. In is our word in. It means to labor in. So faith labors in. It's work by agape. What did we say agape was a while ago? Walking in the commandments of God. Walk in commandments. So that's agape. So faith works. Here's how faith works. I've said it a thousand times. A car. A car works. I put a little hood ornament on there. That's supposed to be a be a Mercedes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If the car, if the car is faith, that's the car. It works by the motor, and faith works by love. Walking in God's commandments, that's the motor. And the God's commandments are not just the Ten Commandments. It's every imperative mood in the Greek that is spoken by one of the apostles when they're writing their epistles. That's imperative moods. Imperative is a command. If you're not getting the command of God in your heart and this don't matter to you, you're wasting your time sitting here. You have to be commanded by God to agonize. Agonizomai, it's the word A-G-O-N-I-Z-O-M-A-I. That's an imperative command. Imperative. That is a command from God and Luke. Over in Luke, the Bible says, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. That's not an invitation. That is a command to everyone that has an ear to hear. Every time the Bible says, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. Every time, let him hear. that is an imperative command imperative here in the Greek is the word A-K-O-U-O it means to understand and it's a form of the word obey obey is the word hoop A k o u. Hupo means under. Or it means to hear, under, or to be subordinate. So, if you have, if you, if, if, let him hear means, let him obey God. If you have an ear to hear. He that hath an ear to hear. Hear don't mean, for the vibrations to go into your ear and that hammer to pound on that little anvil so it sends signals to your brain. That's not the word ear. The Bible says the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord hath made even both of them. The word here in the Old Testament is the word Shama. That's the word here in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew Old Testament, Shama and guess what the word obey is the word Shammah and the word hearken is the word Shammah and the word hear is the word Shammah so if you hear you obey you hearken to God and if he gives you an imperative command you will somewhere in your life change and you'll start obeying God Oh, he may have to put you through fire and trials and persecution, tribulation, and he may have to beat you half to death, but you'll get it before it's over with, won't you? Yeah. Has anybody had that problem here? You ain't, you ain't got a choice. Thank you, Charday. She's the first one to raise her hand. Charday, <laughs> I appreciate your being honest. Everybody else should raise their hand to that, shouldn't they? We're all struggling so if we have imperative moods we will agonize if you belong to God what is what is the agon let me look let me give it to you one more time here's the agon right here if you look up agony in your Webster's Dictionary or you look up agonize it'll give you this right here it'll say from G-R Greek agon I'm looking for the agon no that's the there it is there's the agon it was the arena they put the Christians in here turn the lines loose on them or the gladiators if you are a believer you may not have to go into a literal agon but you're going to feel like you're in one when you go out here and tell people the truth about the Bible now to know what faith these people the charismatics think they they say all you have to do is say it with your mouth that is an absolute lie that's foreign asiatic uh pagan culture is what it is that was brought to america by a man named E W Kenyon in the 30s uh several preachers, including Oral Roberts, got a hold of this positive confession. They said if you'll say it with your mouth and believe it, that eventually it'll come to pass in your life. That's not what that's talking about. Now, to find out what faith does, you've got to define it. Hebrews 11 and 1. Faith is Well, instead of is, is is a being verb. It's, it'll tell you, existence. Faith equals the substance of things hoped for. So if you're a charismatic, you can't afford to find the word substance. Because, boy, that'll get you in trouble. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence... of things not seen we need to find substance this is one of their favorite verses and they have no idea what it's talking about kenneth copeland fred price creflo dollar and the boys and one girl <laughs> maybe there's more girls than that yo know, there's that uh paula white she's an ignoramus don't listen to her she's pretty but stupid you don't like pretty stupid women do you <laughs> he's a dummy faith is substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen now that word substance this is what faith actually is when it makes when faith when love agape walk in the commandments of God when it energizes faith this is what it does. Faith is substance. Hypostasis is the word. Hypostasis is a Greek word. You'll see hypo before a lot of words. It means under. It means under. We get our word hypodermic. Hypodermic. hypodermic needle means under hypo comes from the word hupo, means under under the dermis, the dermis is the skin, that's what hypodermic means did you know that? that's what it means under the dermis hupostasis means under stand But there is none that understandeth, there's none that seeketh after God. Well, how are you going to understand? God has to put understanding in your heart. There is nobody that has faith that can conjure it up on their own. You cannot have faith in God by saying, I'm going to conjure this up and I'm going to make myself have faith. You can't because there's none that seeketh after God. God has to replace your evil, godless will with his righteous will. So it means to understand. Well, a person that understands, they have an understanding. You have to have an understanding under. Another word for under is sub. A submarine is one that's under the water, under the marine, which means water. Under a substanding, a substanding is a found it's a foundation it's an understanding that's what an understanding is it's something you build on so faith is something you build on and it's an understanding well if you understand if you understand you are a learner aren't you and what is a learner disciple A disciple is a mathetase. That's the word disciple. We got a word mathematic from that. So if you're learning you're a disciple and Jesus says in Luke 14, 27. I want to really get this. So I put this on the board 500 times. I want you to really get a hold of this. Jesus said, He that beareth not his cross and followeth after me followeth. He cannot be my disciple. You cannot learn without a daily cross. You have to crucify yourself. If you go take a class up here at Val State, and you will go into a, you go into an algebra class, you have to crucify yourself to listen and to understand what the algebra teacher is saying. You cannot understand me if you don't pay attention. You have to pay attention, and you have to think. I think the problem with America—they don't like to think, they don't like to analyze. So. If faith comes about by daily cross, that's crucifying self, isn't it? Well, you can't be crucifying self if you're saying, I'm going to believe God for money and I'm going to send my money to Kenneth Copeland and to his faction out there. I'm going to come up and get money. That's not crucifying self. You can't have anything if you build up self. He that speaketh of himself seeks his own glory. You can't be out for self. Our lives are not supposed to be about me. They're supposed to be about others, aren't they? That's what the Bible teaches. Let every man esteem others better than himself. But I'm afraid that's really hard for Christians to do, much less the worldly world out here so, you have to, in order to understand, that's faith, it's understanding. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You don't say, I hope I get a new Cadillac. That's not the word hope. (laughs) I'm sorry, but these words don't mean what these preachers have said. Hope is the word Penzo. E-L-P-I-Z-O. It means to depend on on a promise that God has already made you can't come up with your own hope I'm going to promise myself a new car a new house you can't do that we have to depend on his promises you don't want the promises he promised us in the world you shall have tribulation how's that for a promise you like that? and he'll never leave us (laughs) and he'll never leave us He'll never forsake us. When you're going through difficult times in life, don't think that you're the only person going through it. Everybody here is going through it, aren't they? Is everybody having a hard time with somebody in their family or with their bills or with getting a car or a house that you want or or getting along with your family? Is everybody having any kind of problem? I'll bet you everybody here has got problems you don't know what to do with. I know Ron does. He's got a, when you think you're having a hard time, just talk to Ron. He's got a daughter that's got a cancerous growth, a grand granddaughter in her brain. And that's everything to him. And they're going back and forth to St. Jude's in Memphis and to doctors in other states. You think you're having a hard time, talk to him after church. <laughs> you're not having a hard time. It's his only granddaughter. It's the only one he's got. And she may die. When you think you're having a hard time, just talk around. Okay? That's called a tribulation. Sweetest little girl, and she believes God. How old is she? Six. Six. She believes God. How's that for belief? So, substance of things hoped for means to depend on a promise God has made. Faith is evidence. Boy, that's an interesting word. Elenco. E-L-E-G-C-H-O. You know what evidence is? It's the smoking gun down there on the table, evidence table with your fingerprints on it. It's that spear that pierced Jesus' side with your fingerprints. It's the knife that's got bloody... Blood all over it with your fingerprints on it. The evidence has rebuked us. In fact, it comes from the word elangkos, E L E G C H O S, which is the word rebuke. So faith is God rebuking us, and that's, that's not God, give me a car, I'm going to set it with my mouth and I'm going to get it. No, you're not. Oh, you may get it by cheating some poor people out of their money, but you'll go to hell one day if God don't cause you to repent. Now, let's get back to this increasing faith. This on the paper, I got Luke seventeen. Let's go over to Luke seventeen. I can't teach this stuff. I keep thinking, do I am I gonna have enough? Luke seventeen. And verse 5, and the apostles said unto Jesus, increase our faith. The Bible talks a lot about increasing faith. In fact, the church at Corinth was upset at Paul for the way he was talking to him. He was rebuking them. And they, he said, you hate my very presence. You hate my letters that I send to you. And he says over in 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. I'll get back to Luke 17 here. But in the 10th chapter, he says, Not boasting of things outside of the measure of the Bible, that is, of other men's labor, but having hope, El Pinzo, when your faith is increased, I had one man that came here, said faith don't increase. Well, it certainly does. Paul said, when your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. Enlarge means to lift up, build up Paul. And they were putting him down because earlier in the chapter, he said, you don't like my letters they terrify you, my very, wait till I get there, because Corinth was a very apostate church, they wasn't living right, so he says when your faith is increased, increased is the word oxano, A-U-X-A-N-O, means to multiply, you have, you want to know what you need to do to grow in faith? Look at 2 Peter 1 and 5. Besides all this, give all diligence, add to your faith. There's another imperative command. If you belong to God, somewhere you're going to have to add. Epi C-H-O-R-E-G-E-O That's the word add. Boy, it don't look like our word add, does it? It comes from epi, meaning over, or on top of, or to cover with, cover with, and then it says, corregeo, C H O R E G E O, is a construction of koros and ago. We get our word choreography from that. That is a dance leader. Ago means to lead. Koros is a circular dance and the Jews had a circular dance where they would dance in a circle and kick their feet and say Hava Nagila and they would sing that at all of their festivals. Sing. He said I've got a huh? sing. what? Sing it. Hava Nagila <laughs> and they'd kick like that That was called a sacred dance. God says, I've got a dance for you. Here's your dance. I want you to add. I'm not wanting you to add. I'm commanding you. That's an imperative mood. An imperative mood is a command. If you belong to God, you're going to have to add this dance to your life. And boy, it's a tough dance. The first thing on the list. The first thing on the list is virtue. You say, what does that mean? It's not what you want. Virtue. Arete. That's the word virtue. The word virtue means to mature or to grow up. Grow up. Or be mature. How long does it take you to mature spiritually? Year after year after year after year. And you'll give up a little bit of sin, a little more over here. And that will be the outer man that don't want to obey God because the outer man serves the flesh or self and the inner man is Christ in you. And if you're born again, the inner man takes over in time with all kinds of fire and trials and persecution. And as you grow older, you say, I've been losing my temper. I've been wanting my way. I've been fighting for myself. I think I'm going to start fighting for others trying to pick up the downtrodden and the needy all the law is fulfilled in one word even in this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself thou shalt walk in the commandments of god Or well, when you look at this we're still talking about what is faith faith don't get you what you want faith dies to what you are that's what it does it says i give up self I have fought all my life, didn't fight fist fight with people, but I fought verbally with people constantly till I was in my fifties. I woke up one day and I said, This ain't working. I think I'll change. God brought me to the change point. You may say, Well, I'm thirty five or forty or whatever. You don't ever quit changing. You never quit adding to your faith. In fact, go back to Second Peter and I'll read that real quick. And then I'll come back to adding to your faith. Adding to your death to self with a daily cross. You have to be dying to, for faith to be growing. To, for, for the substance, the understanding to learn, to be a learner, that's a disciple. It takes a daily cross. It takes crucifying self. That's why men hate the cross of Christ there in Philippians the third chapter. Paul said there's people there at Corinth. not, Not Corinth. At Philippi. They hate the daily cross of Christ because their God is their belly. The belly don't mean to us what it meant to them. That was an Epicurean term. Epicurean. The Epicureans were some of the Epicurean, I'll get right in a minute. The Epicureans were a sect, and they had a belief. They said the belly, and Paul uses that word often, the belly wasn't the stomach. The belly was the seat of all sensual desires. It's whatever you needed to fulfill what you wanted. And the Epicureans said, that was the belly. And Paul said, people there Philippi, they hate the daily cross of Christ because their God is their belly and their mind is on earthly things. The word mind is the word phroneo, P-H-R-O-N-E-O. Phroneo means the sentiment. What they're thinking about their sentiment is on earthly things. The word earthly is the word G-E. It's pronounced gay. It means dirt, soil. Dirt and soil is what everything you see with your eyes is made of. You're made of dirt. This building's made of dirt. Those seats you're on are made of dirt. Your car's made of dirt. Your house is made of dirt. Your apartment is dirt. Your bank is dirt. You go to a building that's made out of dirt and you work on a job that they give you dirt, pay with dirt money. And that's what people want, isn't it? I'm I'm afraid that's what a lot of believers want. I'm just thinking about my dirt. Don't take my dirt away. And that if we can get a hold of death to self that's our only problem self that's it we can get over all the problems we have if we can stop arguing get rid of our gay, our covetousness gay is the word wrath that man has when he's covetous and somebody beats him out of money or beats him out of something, that's what he wants more than anything. I'll get even with you. You're not supposed to be getting even with anybody. If those people rise up against you in life and cheat you, guess who raised them up to cheat you, to teach you something? God. It don't matter what you go through. That's God that's in charge of the whole ball of wax. He's in charge of everything that's going on. He works. People, when I quote this, I think some people think this means something, doesn't know what it means. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks. That doesn't mean when you get ice cream and cake in a new car to be thankful. That means when you get the flu and when you lose your job and you lose your car, and you have problems in life and you're sick and you can't get over it, be thankful for that because that's part of God's plan and program for you in His predestinating organization of everything. Boy, if you don't believe in predestination, life is hard to live, isn't it? When you really find out the truth about God's sovereignty and how He's in charge of everything that happens, I keep quoting the verse in Isaiah 46 and 10 he's declared God has declared the end the end from the beginning and everything in your life and you're right here and everything that's not yet done when you get a ticket tomorrow or you're late on this because you forgot the payment was due or you, you lose your house or, you're, or you lose your car or you're having to get more money than so you're spending more money than you want to spend. And God's trying to teach you something about that. This whole thing is about God's in charge. So faith is what, faith don't get you what you want. Faith is what grows in our life. Look here in 2 Peter. Now these people don't ever study these things about faith. And the apostles come to Jesus and say, increase our faith. That's because they had little faith. Every time he would say something to the apostles, in the 16th chapter of Matthew, he says to the apostles as they're going over the Sea of Galilee, when you get over there to the other side, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And they went, duh. Is that because we've taken no bread with us? He said, I'm not talking about bread. I'm talking about their doctrine. They're liars. You can't trust the Pharisees, but they were the Baptist preachers of the day and the Pentecostal preachers. They were the people. I'm saying to you, beware of Kenneth Copeland. The man is a thief and a liar. He stolen all that money that he's got from the poor to decorate himself all the way to hell. And he's going to go there one day. I believe that when he dies he will go straight into the fiery abyss. Now, where was I? Let's go back over here, huh? Second Peter. Second Peter. Second Peter one. This is a command to everyone that's a believer. You can't get away from this. In verse five. And beside this, give all diligence, add. Let me put it this way. Add. And there is no choice in that to every believer. You have to epikoregeo. There's a dance. You've got to dance. And here it is. Add your faith. This is not a special group of Christians. It's everybody that belongs to God. You have to add to your faith. And he says, add to your faith virtue. We've given you that. A rate Means to mature. How long? You say, I just don't want to add, and I don't want to mature, and I don't, well, if you belong to God, he'll beat you half to death till you're crying out to God. He scourges every one of his children. A scourge was a bloody beating. A scourge was a a mastix. A mastix was a little short whip, a short handle, had leather thongs on it, had a pieces of glass and bone in it, and God says, I will beat you with that. You'll think that when you're going through a bankruptcy or your wife leaves or your husband leaves or something happens, why am I going through this? Well, if you belong to God, He's beating you. If you don't belong to God, He's giving you a hard time. He's doing to you what I told I used to preach in the prison out here, and I told the prisoners one night. I said, if you're here and you can hear these words, I said, God put you in prison so he could teach you the truth and you could hear. I said, but if, he ain't, if you can't hear, God's giving you a hard time here on earth, and he's going to give you a hard time in hell forever. It's that simple. Had one great big guy sitting on the front row, huge, about 6'2 or 6'3. and weighed about 270 pounds, and he was built like a block of muscle. <laughs> he, sc- he had skulls tattooed around his neck from there to the floor. And when I said that, he scooted up on the front seat, tears running down his face. He said, I can hear That's something that just will move you. when One of those guys will say something like that. If you can hear, you've got to add these things. Virtue, and to virtue, knowledge. How long does it take you to add gnosis? Gnosis is our word knowledge. It means information not false information. you are got to add the knowledge of God. You're going to be hungry somewhere along the way to learn this book. And you're going to start reading it and say, this is so hard, I don't understand. That's what I said when I started reading the Bible in 1956 and I was 17 years old. I kept trying to read. I said, God wants me to do this. and I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to understand. I'd read and I'd read and I'd read and I'd, read. And I'd quit. And I'd read some more and I'd quit. Has anybody ever done that besides me? And I'd quit and I'd read and I'd quit. And all of a sudden things started tying together. you got something I didn't have. You've got a teacher that's telling you what these words mean. All you got to do is take my DVDs, watch them, and take notes on them. And you will learn this knowledge of this book. Or you can come here for 10 years and you'll learn, won't you? Those of you all that's been coming here for a long time, there's people sitting here that know the majority of the words that I'm saying, everybody that knows the majority of the words, raise your hand. <laughs> Most people know these words. How many times have I said them? A thousand? Everyone. Huh? A A thousand. thousand and one. <laughs> uh, and he says, add to your faith, knowledge, and to knowledge, Temperance and kratia, e.g., k r e t e i a. It means inner strength. Inner strength. Temperance doesn't mean just to give up alcohol. It means to give up self. Put self. Put a rein on self. Put a a muzzle on yourself. You know that's one thing we all need. We don't need to be gossiping and talking about other people, period. Got to get back into that. So, to knowledge, temperance, E-G-K-E-R-E-T-E-I, E-G-K-R-E-T-E-I. Now, what I'm doing today is defining faith for you and what it does, and then we'll get into their doctrines this next way. The doctrines of Charismatics, they say faith is how you get what you want from God. You just tell God what you want. They tell him you want a new town car and that it has gold handles and a gold grill on it and you'll finally get that. Just keep saying it over and over. No, you won't. Those guys, and they say, the way you get it is you send them your money. They say, send us your seed faith. That is so stupid. Seed The Bible says in Luke, the 8th chapter, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the logos. Seed is the word sperma, or sporos. Sporos, we get the word spore. When you spore seed, you go out like a farmer used to, you carry a seed bag with you, and you spore, you scatter the seed. It comes from the word sperma. We get the word sperm from that. Sperma is masculine gender. The seed is not money in houses and cars. It's not money you send to Kenneth Copeland or Fred Price or Creflo. or any of those guys. They're liars. They're lying through their teeth about everything they're saying. I don't like those guys. I didn't know what to do with them for years. And I finally come to the point, call them what they are. They lie and warn people about them. I'm going to warn everybody. This is going out all over the world on the on the Internet right now. And if you're out there, don't you listen to those people. They'll tell you lies and tell you you can have lots of money by sending them your money. I don't know how in the world Copeland and all those boys got their names into these verses. Would you prosper and be in health if you send Copeland your money? Why couldn't it... Why can I prosper and be in health if I send the poor my money? Can I do that? Can I prosper and be in health if I send the needy my money, instead of some lying thief like you, Creflo Dollar? Creflo Dollar is just an out and out liar. If you ever seen him, he'll say, "Come on, money, come on, money." And the people be running down the aisle and throwing their money on the altar. They call that an altar? There ain't nobody dying down there. Those people are crooks. You got white crooks and black crooks. You got, got them all over the place. This has nothing to do with color. It has to do with what's in a man's heart and the words coming out of his mouth. Of the abundance of heart, the mouth will speak. And then he says, The inner strength will teach you to give up self. In Kratia. Comes from, comes from N and K R A T E U O. Kratuo means strength. It means strength within. So you've got to have temperance to temperance, patience. Well, I want patience and I want it right now. <laughs> hupomone, H-U-P-O-M-O-N-E. That is the noun and the verb is hupomone. May know, M E N O. That is the word endure. And God is going to see to it that we endure, and the trying of your faith is much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried by fire. When you're going through trials, why would you pray for your trials to cease? That's If it's more precious than gold, it's more precious than your bank account. If you're going to pray for the trials and the tribulation to cease, why don't you just start praying, God, I pray that my bank will go belly up tomorrow. And I'll lose all my money. I'll lose all my treasure. If you're not going through trials, you will. Somewhere, if you belong to God, you've got to go through enough trials for God to crush you. And you say, oh God, save me or I perish. But when you call out on God, you'll already be a believer. And then he says to to patience, godliness, Eusebia, E-U-S-E-B-E-I-A. It means a well sibomai. The writers say this word seboimai means the gospel scheme of things. The gospel is the resurrection. Resurrection means to come to life after dying. And we have to die daily. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. There's some more imperative commands. Luke Luke 9.23 Deny. Take. Follow. If you belong to God, these somewhere along the way, you will have to do these. They're imperative moods, all three of them. Deny. Op. A R N E O M A I. Means to utterly contradict self. Utterly contradict. How long does it take you to utterly contradict? I wasn't contradicting myself utterly, even at 55 and 60. Boy, he's getting me close to it at 80. I'm getting pretty close to contradicting Jim Brown. Utterly contradict. Take is the word A-I-R-O. It means to lift up in the air your cross and follow. I love the word follow. Everywhere you find it in the New Testament. These are commands to every believer. This is what the cross is. Those guys that are charismatics don't believe in a daily cross. They don't believe in daily dying. They believe in fulfilling self, buying super fancy cars, Am I against fancy cars? Well, started to say no. Yeah, I am against them. Why? What do they say? They, I know what a fancy car says. Looking at a guy, I bought a brand new town car in 1987. I found the <laughs> slickest one I could find. Had a blue kedge roof, had leather, white leather seats and blue piping around the seats. And it was the prettiest car and i would drive up beside another town car and i'd say, "well, you have a town car, but it's not as nice as mine." I'd say that to myself. <sighs> Fancy cars are for showing off, that's all they're for. If you get a million dollars, buy a new Chevrolet, buy something that don't cost $90,000, and if you go to spend 90,000, buy something that costs 30,000 and do something for a ministry or something for poor people. Don't just spend all your money on yourself. If you're a self-starter, I'm a self-starter. When I was out in real estate, I could start from standstill and be generating sales within a month. I was that way music. I just would self-start. I did that with this ministry. I self-started. But if you're not a self-starter, and pe- most people are not, You're not given that ability to self-start to decorate yourself with it. You're given that ability to help pick up the needy and the downtrodden. That's what you're given. And that's what we're supposed to do is take care of those that can't take care of themselves. Now, when he says follow, that is one of my favorite words that's an imperative command. This is an imperative command. Follow. Love this word. A-K-O-U-L-A-T-H-E-O. Akulatheo means to be. This is a command. If you belong to God, you have to do this. To be in the same way. With. And what is the way that Jesus is in? He's in the narrow way. This is a command to you. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And only a few will find this narrow way. Few. Not many are going to find the narrow way. That means if you don't not in the narrow way, you're going to hell one day. The narrow way is the only way to heaven. It's the word philippo, T-H-L-I-B-O and it's a form of T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S that's the this is the verb, this is the noun Philipsis is the word tribulation, the tribulation way is an absolute command to all believers you have to be in it it is a command from God into the hearts of every believer you say, boy, it makes me feel guilty. I'm not having much tribulation because of God. Well, you have to be one of two things if you're not in the if you're not in the tribulation way. You have to be you have to be a baby believer and you will before it's over with, you will agonize, you will get in the narrow way, and you will be a follower of Christ a believer, or you are a vessel of wrath and you are fitted for destruction and you're a natural brute beast born to go to hell. That's, you're one of the two. There is no middle ground with God. You mean I have to go through this? Let me ask you this. Those of y'all that have learned a lot of words from me over the years, can you learn these words and get into a conversation with somebody and not use the words? You can't, can you? If you know the meaning, you'll say, I think that means, and they may get mad at you and they may not want to talk to you, but you've heard me say it so many times, you can't stop yourself, can you? So just give people, Luke nine twenty three. 23, take, deny, follow. it's not to show off. It's it's not to show it's not like mary said it's not to show off how much you know it's to convict their hearts if they're believers if they belong to god from the foundation of the world then maybe you're like me when i was young when i was young a teenager and i would somebody read the beatitudes blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I thought the blessed ones was a special class of believers, and all the rest of the believers wasn't in that class. No, no. That's not it. The Beatitudes is for all believers. You have to be poor in spirit. You have to hunger and thirst after righteousness somewhere in your life. That has to happen. Otherwise, you're not going to heaven one day. And this is a hard message. I know that. But it's not hard for those of us that are being whipped and beaten. We say, What's wrong with my life? Well, nothing wrong with it. If you're a believer, God's just scourging you so you'll learn to partake of His holiness. That's all. And holiness has a meaning. It means to be pure. But you're purified by the fire and the trials you go through. Think it not strange concerning the fire trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. How many times have I quoted that? A thousand? It's not strange. X-A-N-I-Z-O. It comes from X-E-N-O-S, which is the word stranger. It's not The fiery trial is not an occasional guest in your life if you're a believer. It's supposed to be there. Has anybody wondered why you're going through what you're going through? Why am I going through this? I know. Well, you're supposed to. <laughs> That's why you're going through it as a believer. You're supposed to, and God is breaking you. You're like a bucking horse in a in a corral when you begin to believe the truth you're bucking horse and somebody says boy that horse can't be ridden well there's a bronc buster walking in the gate it's called the everlasting God and he gets on top of people and rides them into the ground and says I'm going to tame you and what's the word tame in the Greek pros Make. It means to be broken. You're like a broken buck in bronc. You know what I've learned? The the more I go through, the more I seek God. Like Mary said, the more she goes through, the more she seeks God. But there's no other answers. There's no way out of God's commands to his people. You can't get out of this. And then he says, let me just read the rest of this. And he says, And to godliness, brotherly kindness, Philos Adelphos. We get the word Philadelphia from that. It means to have a Philos towards the brethren. We get the word Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. It's not very brotherly in the drug section of town, you know. A-D-E-L-P-H-O-S. Philos Adelphos is brother. And our brothers and sisters are those who do the will of the Father. So you have to have an affection. you got to care about people. And then he says charity. The last thing is charity. And oh, that is agape. That's walking in the commandments of God. And faith works by agape. By walking in God's commandments. And what are His commandments? All of His imperative moods. Take, deny, follow, agonize, humble yourself under the hand of God. God's not asking you to do that. He is commanding that of all His believers. How can I emphasize that? You know, I feel like I'm not saying the words plain enough. You know what I want to do? I want to be able to say them right into your heart. So you can learn what I've learned. I've learned over 80 years to bow to God. That's all I want to do is just bow to Him. If God will beat you up a lot, you'll learn. So when he says charity, that's the last one in the list. These are the seven things you have to add to your faith. Next week I'm going to come back and I'm going to get into what the charismatic faith is. They say you can have what you want by saying it with your mouth and believing God. Those people are the biggest bunch of liars walking on the face of the earth. They're sucking the life out of the poor. You know why I'm saying these things? I'm fighting for the poor and the downtrodden. I am their champion more than anybody else that I know in this nation. I want to to tell all the poor and the downtrodden people, don't you listen to those people. They're going to hurt you. They ain't going to give you nothing. I can tell you all kinds of stories about TBN up the street. There's been a lot of stories around here. I'm out of time. What? Ten? Oh, two minutes. Started to say, You got that light on, and I'm not three. I'm going to, there's a thing I'm going to bring out next week. When the Bible speaks of having the faith as a grain of mustard seed it does not say if you have grain if you have faith as small as a grain of mustard seed. As a grain of mustard seed means every time you see it mustard seed was about the size of a grain of pepper. smaller than that. And mustard, the The mustard seed of Israel grew, talking about growing faith, it grew to be the tallest of shrubs. Mustard seed would grow up to 17 to 18 feet tall. That is a, a huge shrub. It was a tree. So to have the faith as a grain of mustard seed means to have growing faith. And if you're going through all these trials, then your faith is growing. If the trials don't, if you're going through the trials and they're not changing you, then you very well may not belong to God. They have to start changing you somewhere. You have to want to learn. If you will take my DVDs and watch them, you'll learn more here. This is not even a boast. You'll learn more here than any seminary in the country. Because the professors of these seminaries do not teach what I'm teaching. They don't go through 50 Greek words in one lesson and time all together. I know that. I've known some seminary professors and I've listened to them. I used to listen to Spiro Zadiates when he was on the radio. He would take, he would take one, one lesson, 30 minutes, and cover part of one word and i think you but you're a professor and you're supposed to know a lot sometimes he'd work on that word for a week well you can do that but he just didn't give you much some of you got his study bible it's okay but these guys don't teach you what you need to know about the bible that's why i take an hour and a half in our lessons i can keep teaching right now and go for another eight or ten hours without stopping before I collapsed no I wouldn't (laughs) last that long but I could without I don't have to study because I've been studying for 63 years and I've spent decades where I've studied 30 35 what I'm saying somebody needs to research I know most of you can't I know most of you work jobs and you got kids and you and you just don't have time to do all this. I've already studied it for you. All you have to do is watch the DVDs, and you will learn. That's all you need to do. I've got it laid out for you. I've taught from one end of the Bible to the other. I spent four and a half years on the book of Revelation. Did 236 messages in one series, and then I came back and did about 40 more. Because I didn't finish Revelation. How do you teach on Revelation? Revelation is not a difficult book. You just define every word in the book. Every culture, every custom, every idiom, every metaphor. I spent three years on the book of Genesis. You want to know about Genesis? I'll tell you all about it. All you have to do is watch the DVDs. Take notes on them. I've said this. If you take notes when I'm preaching, you don't ever have to look at the notes again. You'll remember more by taking the notes than you will if you don't take the notes. Did you know that? Just learn that. Learn to take notes. Write these words down. Once you write them down, it's hard to forget them. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for truth. I really thank you for all these, this understanding and these words, and the culture and the customs, the idioms, the metaphors. Thank you, Lord, for everything, for the trials. If you hadn't taken me through all those things I went through in the 60s and 70s and 80s, I wouldn't be who I am today. Thank you for it all. I pray you'll give strength and help the church to add to their faith. They're going to have to if they belong to you. Lord, sometimes we get hard-headed and put it off so long that you have to beat us within an inch of our lives. Thank you for that. Fight our battles for us. We can not fight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. of those people ought to ask for a refund from, from those guys. <laughs> for a refund. <laughs> a refund. I can't picture somebody riding a Kenneth Cove <laughs> and say I want a refund. <laughs> hey, Jim, how you doing? You hodos. Do do do? Remember you put that on there? You hodos, the um, prosper, prosperity. What is the meaning? <laughs> it's the word you hodos. It means well, way. Well, way. Okay. okay. You means well. Hodos means way. Okay. And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the hodos. He said, there's a narrow way, a narrow hodos, and a broad way, a broad hodos. And only a few go into the narrow hodos. So that's the well way. Yeah, because the world have us teaching that um, to have stuff, and it's not about things; it's about it's not, it has nothing to do with money or okay. things. That's what that's what I was saying. It has to, get to, to do with the well way. It's narrow. The narrow way. It's okay. full of tribulation. Okay. You can put Matthew seven thirteen fourteen. That's the that's the narrow way and the broad way. So if he's wishing for guys the well way okay. you just go to Matthew 7:13-14 narrow is the way okay. narrow is the hodos he's wishing the well hodos so you want to put Matthew 7:13-14 you got a narrow hodos and a broad hodos and the broad hodos goes to destruction and many go in there at and the narrow way leads to eternal life and only a few find it I gotta go back here and talk to Tall Tony no Thank before he you, leaves. I it. No problem, bear. <laughs> what are you, you doing? Okay. What are you doing? Bang, 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 bang. What's going on? I'm trying to add to my faith out here. I'm gonna go back here and talk to Tony. still sick, but you're doing okay, you I doing, find out How you doing? How you doing? doing good. How you doing? Um. How's them boys doing? Are they getting taller? They're huge. Are they? Yeah. He'll, he'll see you. Is any of them taller than you? No. Brett, I think the baby boy, he's probably um, the biggest. Is he's 6'4". He? 6'4". Six, four. Six four. Six four. Yeah. yeah. Well, what are they doing? I'm about 260. Uh, they, they work. Briggs, Brett and Greg with me. Well, it, tell him it, I them I miss them. I want to see pretty. them. I will. They, they, they were supposed to come, but I think they stayed up late didn't wake up in time, but you will see them soon. Hey, I'll find out. And what is I this? I still the last time I what me, is that? Probably about a year ago. What is this for? You heard from since, but okay, I need to find out. What's this I'll- for? For me? Yeah. Thank you. Hey this is uh Shantae. how you doing? I'm, how are you? I'm doing fine. This is one of my longtime buddies here. He talks about you all the time. Does he? Yeah. Well what I say is real hard. Because you it's it's the truth. <laughs> it's the you have to be ready to hit between the eyes with the truth, yeah. don't you Tony? Yes. Are you shrinking? No. You're not? I'm done growing. I'm not shrinking. I hope I'm not shrinking. <laughs> well, everybody as they get older shrinks. Well, that's true. I've shrunk. I used to be 5'8 and a half. Now I'm 5'7. seven. Oh, okay. yeah, that's <laughs> but it don't matter. 5'7 is the same thing as 5'8. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I've, I've shared this with her. And, uh, well, I'm it's, har- it's hard, but it's true. It's real hard. The preachers are not preaching what I'm preaching. Absolutely not. They're not preaching death to self, daily cross. Jesus said, if the world hated me, it'll hate you. And they're not preaching that. If you tell people Christmas is Christ mass, it's Roman Catholicism, and that it was against the law to celebrate Christmas three hundred years ago in America, people get angry. It's we've been celebrating Christmas in America about hundred and twenty-five years. That's it. Our great grandparents, because you alls great grandparents were in slavery. And these guys and the early so called early American fathers say they were Christians. Well, they weren't Christians. What are they doing on slaves if you're a Christian? Thomas Jefferson said he couldn't run his nail factories without slaves, and he called himself a, a believer. He wasn't a believer. I don't like our founding fathers. I don't like the preachers in America. They're all lying. I see you have that good. Huh? Your mind's still. On. Is it? I'm glad you have that. What is it? The chocolate you ordered from jail. Oh, that's what I ordered. Yeah. Well she just came up and handed it to me. I thought she was buying I thought she was buying candy for me. Oh wow. Uh, nope, that's yours. <laughs> okay. Um, Eric and Karen, do you wanna should I hold on to theirs? Karen ordered two things. Well, give them to them. I, probably, I don't see them all. Okay, well, I'll try to get a hold of her. Okay. <laughs> it's what I ordered? Yep, yep. <laughs> well, it's sure good to see you, man. You too, love you, and I'll get the kids. I love you, too. Them. All right. They ask about you all the time, too. You remember, you knew Larry Hill died, didn't you? I did, the last time yeah. when I was at the... You know, thing. you know, Zach? Zach! Yeah, a... This is Larry's yeah. son. Yeah, I remember, because he had two. Hi, I used to work with yeah. Zach. Oh, Zach. Oh, he right you now. used to work with Zach? Yeah, at a showroom. we It's been about oh, over five years ago. Yeah, about five years ago. That's when I was in college, yeah. Really? Yeah, I know. Or where are yeah. you working now? Uh, Wagner. 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 Are you doing your engineering there? So I got uh, trying my best to. Yeah, I just got back uh, this last night actually. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah. Well, you know, come Jim's back and see us. Kids, huh? come, back, come back. Come back and see us. Absolutely. But be prepared. Right, Zach. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's good to see you, guys Not a lot of people are fond of Jim. So I mean, like I've been Jim <laughs> for a while. So I mean. Uh, he's been with us since, since he was he's, a little been kid. A right? in my head for so long, and um, yeah. We Got him running a got a picture of him running a camera when he was this tall. <laughs> what are you doing there, brother? I was thinking we used to have the Pentecostal people coming to prison. Did you? And kind of funny because they they talk that stuff, and I'm like, you know, some of these people are never getting out of here. You know, <laughs> like, they're not gonna have a fancy car. <laughs> they're yeah, here for life. They're, teach- they're not they're- going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> the lifers are telling them yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane, isn't it? What you doing, little guy? How you doing, sir? We're glad you're here, Tony. Jimmy, you. you have a fellowship with every Friday night? Well, yeah, we do. Okay. Over there on Irving. Me and Mary live out off long Island. Yeah, um, But come chair, come chair, see yeah, us. Totally. Okay. Oh, okay, Let me get back here and say hi to some more people. Cool. <laughs>